Jules. What's up, my man? We got a, we got a few people off stage, which is awesome. Uh, so this is pretty much the start of the podcast that Jules and I have been planning for, I don't know, months. Uh, we've come up with a name for it. I'm calling it the NBA Holes. And uh, we're going to be talking about the offseason. So welcome to the NBA Holes podcast. <laughs> It's weird to say, man, because we, we've been talking about doing a podcast for like four years at this point. But hey, we're, try, we're trying it. Imagine if I actually spoke in that voice the entire I, podcast. You better not. You better not. The but thing let's, about uh, the Pelicans is that... <laughs> you want to start it off, man? Run through the topic list. Yeah, man. So today, I figured we, were, we had a big off season, A really, really, really big week. Week and a half-ish with the draft and everything. So I figured we're just going to go through some stuff. Go through who made the biggest improvement this this off season for both for this season and for the future, as well as the most surprising signings and the most surprising moves. How do you feel about that, my friend? We've already discussed um, it, so hopefully, good. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. We, I did confirm that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, yeah, I'm I'm cool to get it going. Um, let's start with uh, the biggest surprises. Um, there's one that stands out for me. And uh, it's it's the Lakers really uh, signing Montrezl Harrell. I didn't see that coming at all. Neither did I. That was a big surprise. I, I think it improves their team. I think he's a tremendous improvement. I mean, he's uh, over Dwight Howard. You know, uh, also like uh, another surprise that is you know not necessarily a good surprise was Dwight tweeting out, "I'm never leaving the purple and gold," and then deleting it and 20 minutes later <laughs> signing with Philly. That's a tough one. That happened so fast that I never even saw the tweet. And I was like in like pure refresh Twitter mode when that happened too. Well, it's like one of those things because like when NBA news is announced, it follows the cycle, right? The player makes the tweet and then all the, the score and Bleacher Report and SB Nation and all the other outlets make their graphic and then they tweet it out. And then it's like, so like there was like four graphics saying that uh, he signed, he was, he was uh, re-signing with the Lakers. And then, you know, even all of a sudden he was on Philly. It was wild. Yeah, it was. But uh, I mean, that was just a hectic day. So you think? So you think Trez makes the Lakers better? Yeah, I do. I and mean, you think? But my problem is my problem with the signing is that I don't think he's going to play in like the biggest moments of the biggest games. I mean, that's not his role. You have LeBron James. Well, yeah, but you, I mean, when you when you use your mid level exception, that's like one of their. That was basically their biggest chip, other than. The Danny Green for Danny Green in the first round pick for Dennis Schroeder, right? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like if you're going to go in on that mid level, you should bring in a guy, preferably that's going to be on the court in the biggest moments of the biggest games. And I just don't think Montrez Harrell is actually going to be on the court for them in those moments. Who would you have gone after, Jules? I might have gone after I, – I would have rather had Serge Ibaka than Montrez Harrell. I think Serge Ibaka – I mean, for the regular season, I think Montrez Harrell is a better get because LeBron just doesn't need to score as much. You can give him more rest. I mean, and, I mean, just having a guy who can put up like 18 and 8 and on efficient scoring is really good in the regular season. But in the playoffs, you need defense and you need shooting around Anthony Davis and, and LeBron, right? So I mm-hmm. felt like Serge Ibaka could have been really good. But he signed for – how big was his deal? Did he sign with the Clips? It was the mid-level also. That oh, was the mid-level? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, can't have it all. <laughs> He's, but also, Montrezl Harrell is like way younger than Serge Ibaka. He is way younger. So 
it could work out. I think the Lakers had a really good offseason. I like the Schroeder trade. I like Mark yeah. Gasol. I think they had. I mean, they had to bring back KCP. Yeah, and I think Trez is still a good addition. He'll still be really useful, especially in the regular season. I just don't know. In I mean, in the, in the biggest moments, you're not going to have him out there because he's he's redundant, right? He's not LeBron. You'd rather have LeBron play the four. You'd rather have AD play the five, and then you'd rather have spacing and wings around them. No. Yeah, I mean. Look, I think the Lakers are probably the like they just won a championship and they're coming back and they're like a significantly better team. I think. I think Dennis Schroeder has been underrated most of his career. Uh, I think he's a way better addition than say Rondo was, who really only contributed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if we look at Rondo's season averages, they're not good. So it's like to have no, a point guard Rondo. that you can, yeah, to have a point guard you can rely on for the entire season, plus uh, give good playoff minutes to who can shoot the ball and pass. Like he was one of the best parts of OKC's offense last season. You know, that's a that's a big get, and obviously. Uh, like you said, Montrezl Harrell, he might not have that playoff experience that Serge Ibaka has, but you get that playoff and championship experience with Marcus All all of a sudden. They're a significantly better team than they were, and they uh, continue to terrify me. I agree with you. As a guy who, who is, uh, is a bronze sexual, <laughs> thank you very much. I agree. I, think, I do think they're better. I just think the Montrezl Harrell signing was maybe a misallocation of resources, but we will see. My, I mean, I think my and almost everybody's biggest signing of the offseason was Gordon Hayward, no, for four years, 120 to Charlotte. Okay, yeah, um, Gordon Hayward is, is like first team all finesse in my books. This guy secures the bag unlike any other for um, with the last like three years in Boston. Um, you know, sure, uh, the ankle injury was nothing to, uh, you know, nothing to fuck with, really. Uh, it was like... That was terrible, you know, and he came back in the offseason. But nowhere since that ankle um, injury has he, I don't know, I don't think he's even shown flashes of his all-star potential that he had just before that, you know. Like, to me, he's been a significantly average player. To warrant a $140 million contract is so surprising, you know. Like, he didn't even, like, when he got back uh, in the playoffs um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, he didn't even contribute that much. Uh, I just don't understand how you kind of – have been injury prone since your major injury have been significantly average and warrant, um, you know, a $140 million contract. That being said, I do think the Celtics fumbled uh, hard. Yeah. And, uh, I agree. A first round pick miles Turner, and you're still trying to get something else uh, from India, uh, sorry, Indianapolis, you know, to get the friggin' um, to trade Gordon Hayward. No, like miles Turner is, better than Gordon Hayward and you get a first round pick like I don't know how you messed that up but like good on Gordon Hayward for securing 140 million dollars from uh, Michael Jordan uh, my friend uh, KP put a uh, tweet out I said don't worry about Michael Jordan he'll make that uh, back at the Bellagio tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah I uh, I gotta agree with Brian here that Hayward's agent is the true MVP this offseason I think I think that Hayward he definitely did show like, he actually had a pretty good season. He didn't have a four years, $120 million season. He had a good season when he was on the court. But there's just, there's no explanation for this. Especially when you draft LaMelo Ball and, like, you have a chance to be bad and get picks. And now you'll be, like, maybe the eighth seed for the next 
two, three years, and then Gordon Hayward will probably decline, and you'll have like a big contract that you'll have to get rid of. So I don't understand the thought process, and I don't agree with the move, and I think, I think we both agree on that one. Yeah, well, like, let's face it, Charlotte generally gives out big deals to players that don't necessarily deserve it. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the contract that Terry Rozier signed just a year ago. He was all right, though, this year. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah, but was he worth the money that he was paid? No, but I don't know. I don't think he's massively overpaid. I think it's more of a – if you're going to talk about Charlotte massively overpaying people, it's more like a Nick Batum, Bismack, Biombo conversation to be had. That's fair. But how do you – what do you think of Miles Turner? Because I don't understand why they wouldn't take that trade because he's a good rim protector – and he can space the floor, right? That's almost exactly what you need in the center these days. Yeah, yeah. I think Miles Turner is a good player. I think uh, a couple seasons ago he was better than he is now. Uh, I think part of that is how he's how he's being used. I think a new situation would benefit him like very well. So obviously, you know, these guys get paid a lot of money to be smarter than us, Jules. So there's probably something we don't know if you're asking for more beyond Miles Turner and a first round pick. But that being said, um, I think it would have been an improvement over Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I think I think Ainge got greedy in that one, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Miles Turner this year. They have a new coach. Yeah, and I don't know. It feels like it feels like he's a player that should be valued more around the league, and it seems like maybe he's just not. I mean, like uh, the Pelicans. I mean, they gave up a first round pick and a second round pick maybe even two seconds for Steven Adams, which I don't understand at all. It seems like you could have got Miles Turner for that. And then Miles Turner is a much better fit with Zion. I don't know how you feel about that deal, but. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. I think, uh, I think we'll have to, it's a lot of wait and see, you know, for a lot of the signings uh, this year. And I think, you know, there's a, there's free agents next year that could really prove themselves this year or just, just fall by the wayside. Really. We're in that, kind of weird stretch now where these guys who were you know up and comers either make it this year or they're just going to be kind of seen as busts yeah and basketball starts soon so we'll be able to see pretty soon all right so biggest improvement who do you think improved the most for this season as the suns the suns improved the most yeah um thank you Look at look at what they did. They add well. Look, Chris Paul is definitely aging, and he has a bloated back end to deal. But he's still a fantastic player. Uh, he showed that this year in OKC, and even in the years in Houston, the guy can still get it done. His play style doesn't require a ton of athleticism, and uh, you know, like he's going to be continue to be really good for the Suns. And uh, all of a sudden, you have a mentor for Devin Booker. Um, like you can't you can't really go wrong, you know. Yeah, I think I really like I really like the Chris Paul deal. I've always really liked Chris Paul, and I mean you can say that he's overpaid, but he was on the All NBA team last season. This this season, so you're paying him max super max contract, but he played at All NBA level. So hopefully he maintains that. I actually I really like what Phoenix did. Also, Um, I don't. One thing I didn't like about what they did was their pick. They drafted a center. I forget his name, but they drafted a center from Maryland with their 10th oh, pick. Oh, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, yeah. I didn't understand that because... That's, that's interesting to me, but I'll, go, I'll let you finish before I say. Well, I just don't get it. 
wh- why are we drafting backup centers in the lottery? You have Aiton, and uh, Halliburton was on the board, who could have been like the perfect third guard for them. Obviously, neither of these picks would probably change anything for this season. But mm-hmm. I just thought in an offseason where they made a lot of good moves, like Jay Crowder is a super good addition for them. He's a good player, as you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one was kind of a dark. There was a dark spot on an otherwise sunny off season for them. Yeah, I mean, like I can talk about Jalen Smith uh, a little bit because it was interesting. Like I uh, did the locker room mock draft um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I've read a lot of mock draft stuff just to try to familiarize myself with the rookies because obviously there was no March Madness this year, and that's where I usually figure out who's who. Um, Jalen Smith was on people's boards around the 20th, uh, like the 19th to 23rd pick, I want to say. That's where he seemed to range. So for Mm -hmm. him to be gone at number 10 surprised me. Um, He is one of those players, or at least people say, that can come out and contribute right away. You know, he can space, he can shoot, and uh, he's ready. Like, he's not going to require that much development to be ready at an NBA level, you know? So... It seems to me like if that's the case, then Phoenix trying to, well, obviously signing Chris Paul, they're trying to do something right now, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I love the Jay Crowder trade. Obviously, I wanted him back in Miami because he was pretty fantastic. Um, but for them, honestly, like it brings a lot of defense. It brings some stellar shooting sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes is, is the key word. But he's yeah. just a good player. Even if he's not hitting shots, he's still, he's still oh, yeah. good and he's useful and he's in the right spots and he's tough and he's. Yeah. smart i like it yeah me too so i uh you know i expect them to improve right away um i expect them to be in the playoff hunt and you know maybe even middle of the pack you know i think they'll surprise some people this year uh hopefully chris paul stays healthy because uh he'll be the uh the glue of that team and you know and devin booker's poised to make another leap right he's in that he's in that age range where he's just going to keep getting better for a while so they could be uh they could be very sneaky this year they could be good. I've seen some people have them all the way up to like third in the West, which seems quite extreme at this point in time. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when I sit down and really look at my my preseason rankings, maybe they'll be at third. Even though I'm pretty sure they won't be. <laughs> yeah, Jules, do you ever watch the show Hoarders? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, can we like do a spinoff show for that in Oklahoma City? Ooh, that would be. That would be a good one, eh? Just hoarding picks over there, eh? What do you do with all those picks? Like, is there? Are we going to watch the NBA draft in like a couple years? In the first round, will just be entirely of the OKC picks. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think they're doing the. They're obviously doing the right thing for where they're at right now. I mean, they flipped. They flipped Westbrook into four first round picks now, and an All NBA season out of Chris Paul. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens long term. If like, because if those end up like seventeen picks that are all between like twenty and thirty, that's still not. It's not anything that really good, you know what I mean? So they've done the teardown, and now we just kind of have to wait and see. But hopefully, hopefully those some of those picks at least get up into high places now. Yeah, look, man, it's super. It's super intriguing to kind of see what happens, you know? Because like, also OKC has a good young core. So it's. I think it remains to be seen, though, if like you'll be able to trade those picks for a potential superstar. You know, there's some teams. Some teams are all about the picks, and some teams don't treat them with as much value. So, I think it's interesting. I think a small market like OKC must build through the draft. You know, they must. The, they have no choice. 
Yeah, no, so, they absolutely do. I just think must is a funny word in general. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I also feel a little bit for OKC fans. I mean, you know, really fun season last year where they surprised a lot of teams. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a teardown again. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like they'll be all right. They've had They've had a lot of good basketball for a pretty long time. And now they have a quite bright future ahead. So I don't feel bad for them, actually. Okay. You know, let's agree to disagree. But can we talk about the Dallas Mavericks, who I also think improved significantly? Yeah, what do you what do you have to say about them? I think they did good. So I'm coming from a complete Heat perspective here. They added two players who were part of Miami's kind of mediocre seasons, um, like over the last couple of years, you know. But mm-hmm. um, uh, they added uh, Josh Richardson. And they added uh, James Johnson. Um, they did. I think those are very interesting. Uh, and picks. Tyrell Terry. I like that Tyrell Terry pick, man. You just like the way it sounds. It's a fun name. It is a fun name. But KOC had him eighth on his board. He's a pretty good shooter. And, like, Dallas does really good with those little guys who can kind of score. So I like that pick. But you go on, sir. You, you keep saying what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Josh Richardson for a second. Um so Josh Richardson, I would like, I would have loved to have him in Miami. He was converted into the number one uh, option that season, where uh, during Dwayne Wade's last season, where he did an okay job and he made some mistakes that you know come with uh, you know bloated minutes and that kind of thing. But he really showed that he can create on offense. Uh, he's a really good shooter and uh, he plays elite defense. Um, you know, there were games where I was like, wow, this guy could be the future of the Heat. And then there were games when I'm like, not if he keeps stepping out of bounds. You know. In the crucial yeah. moments. But, you know, um, that being said, I think he he has the, like, I think he was Philly's best player in the playoffs. And I still think he can be a really good player. He's getting older now. He's about 26. You know, he's a little bit older than people think he is. 27 um, now, yeah. Yeah, he's 27 now. Uh, so, you know, he's getting up up there in, I guess, his uh, his potential and showing what he is. But he's still a good starting um starting player and i think you know being that option on a team like dallas will really benefit him there's one thing too uh i you know i read some rumors that josh was raised in the heat culture he came up through the d league and uh sorry the g league with the sky force and then he was uh on a two-way contract and then he really kind of proved himself he was a second round pick he really worked hard to prove himself within the heat and he really took to the heat culture um there was a lot of like quotes i this is why i think he was straight from philly uh, there was a lot of quotes during the off, se- or not necessarily during the off season, but after their playoff elimination, where like you know Josh was really ragging on team members and trying to get them to go uh, compete and that kind of thing. And I think I think he may have rubbed some players the wrong way, hmm. um, which is interesting because I do think he's a much better player than Seth Curry, and I think it was a mistake. I don't know. Straight. I don't agree with he's that also, actually at all. Well, he's a, uh, he's also on a pretty damn good deal, um, and I mean, what has you know. Like, Seth Curry's never been the number one option on a team. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, Jason Richardson is not in Dallas to be the number one option. I think Jason Richardson is You're right. Jason Richardson is not even in the league. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's Josh retired. Richardson. Josh Richardson. <laughs> thank you. Is not. He's. I mean, he's not. He's not a number one option in the NBA. He's a really good player. Um, no. Last season, I don't think he was in a good role for the Sixers. And honestly, he was kind of disappointing. You hyped him up a lot, and I was pretty disappointed in him last year. But, I mean, the whole Sixers team was disappointing in general. I mean, Jules, um, look up uh, how many games Josh played last year. 56. 55. Right. 55 out of 72. 
interesting to me because he usually obviously plays more than that. And he had a lot of weird lingering injuries last year. And every time he came back, he looked uncomfortable. He never found his role in Philly. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think the deal that they made was really good for both teams because I think Josh Richardson is going to be in a good situation in Dallas, which I think anyone playing with Luka for the most part is in a good situation offensively. He'll have space on the floor too because he's not, he's a good shooter, but he's not like a great shooter, right? So he'll have a little bit more space to do some things. But I also really like the deal, the Seth Curry deal for Philly because this guy is like legit one of the best shooters in the world and Philly needs shooters. And he's a smart player. He shot 45% from three last year. He's a very smart player. He can play some defense. He's like an okay defender. He's not as bad as people think. And I really, I like what Philly did this offseason, honestly. You okay? Yeah, I'm taking off my hoodie. <laughs> Sorry. Heating up. The discussion is heating up. <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I always walk around when I'm doing these. So it's like, you know, burn calories, guys. Come on. Um, this guy's always multitasking. Oh, I got it. <laughs> no, I just paste jewels. <laughs> that being said, like, look, at the end of the day, did Philly really win this deal? Because they traded Jimmy Butler for Seth Curry. Yeah, but th- if you're going to do that, then obviously <laughs> Philly didn't win the deal. But I don't think Philly won the deal either way. I think both teams won, and everyone can be happy, and all we're all winners here. Okay. Well, one of the other things, um, un- unless he gets bought out, I think James Johnson will also pre- pretty, uh, be pretty good for the Mavs. Uh, when he played for the Heat, he was like a, he was a second unit star. He uh, the Heat also got him into world class shape. Um, that remains to be seen if he can keep that up. If James Johnson can stay like pretty lean, then I think he'll be a huge contributor for the Mavs. The guy's ultra athletic. He can dribble up the ball. Take some stupid shots sometimes. But otherwise, he makes a lot of good decisions. And, yeah, you can set up his teammates really nicely. So I really like those additions. Yeah, and Brian makes a good point here in the comments that the Mavs, the, the Mavs, the Mavs made moves for now and 2020 because they made moves to get better this season. And they also didn't take on any money for 2021 that can't, that can't be taken off the books. So I think they're in a really good position. Obviously, with Luka, they're in a really good position. I'm not really sure how I feel about Kristaps Porzingis because it just feels like feels like he's always going to be kind of hurt, mm. which is which is not really a big deal unless he's always hurt in the playoffs, which he was this year in the playoffs. But uh, I'm definitely excited about the Mavs' future, Brian. If you if you are still there, no, Brian is gone. I was going to ask him to come and talk about the Mavs. What did you think of Atlanta's offseason? Oh, man. I'm so confused by Atlanta's offseason. I don't know what they're trying to be. Like, this looks seems like poised for, like, let's get into the playoffs right now and get Trey Young some playoff experience so he, like, considers us when he becomes a free agent eventually. Like, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Like, they're not going to be the best in their division. Uh, they signed, like, a bunch of big contracts for veterans that are aging, like Rondo again, uh, Danilo Gallinari, like what are those players going to bring to your team right now? You're going to be um, maybe the eighth seed and uh, you'll probably be eliminated in the first round. What's the point? I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the, the East right now. I think, yeah, no, honestly, they could just probably be the eighth seed, right? Because Brooklyn will be better. Brooklyn was seventh. Yeah, I don't see them getting any higher than the eighth seed and then losing in the first round. 
I, and I mean, there is something to be said, right? I think they're one of the teams that got the most better this year because they went from where they had the f- place. Yeah. Fourth or fifth worst record in the league to like, they could potentially make the playoffs as the eighth seed or maybe in the play in. But long term, I think, I think they're hurting themselves because they've got all these young guys. And I mean, I think it'll help Trey's development to play with good players because he really hasn't played with any good players at all. But they just traded a bunch of things for DeAndre Hunter to move up and draft him. And he had a really bad season and he's kind of old. And now they're just going to, maybe they just decided he's not good enough and we're just going to move on, which would be kind of fast. But hey, if that's the decision you made, that's the decision you made. But I mean, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish. They just traded for Clint Capella, and then they draft a center. And they have John Collins, too. And they have John Collins, who is a really, really good offensive player. He's not good on defense, and he's kind of one of these guys that's in a weird spot in the league right now where, like, 20 years ago, he would be a much, much higher paid, more useful player, you know? Because he's, he's not a rim protector. He's not good on defense. He's not exactly a center, but he's really, really good at offense. So... Man, I think they got better for this year. They got a lot better for this year, but long term, I don't, I don't know what they've done. I mean, they didn't do nearly as bad as, as the Pistons. <laughs> Pistons was interesting, dude. Is interesting the right word or horrifying? I don't know. I like, I liked a couple of the moves, and then I would so which ones? Them. Oh, I, I, I think Mason Plumlee is underrated. What the fuck? No, he's dude. I think he is is garbage. No, uh, if you go back and look a few seasons ago, at the time when he actually got more than like eleven minutes off the bench, he was really good in Portland. He helped that team a lot. Maybe he just wasted away in Denver. Is very not good at basketball. I allow me to guarantee you that he's like the. The Nuggets would put him in as a defensive replacement, and he would mess up all of the defensive assignments. Okay, yeah, because you're going back to that one play where he totally fucked up his assignment. No, not even just that one play. Dude, they gave Mason Plumlee the mid-level exception. Montrez Harrell got the mid-level exception. Serge Ibaka got the mid-level exception. Yeah, like, players- they, they, they overpaid, but I do think he's a better player than people give him credit to. I think if he gets more than 20 minutes a game, he'll easily put up a double-double. I think he's really bad. And he's a decent like, assist. And he's a decent assist guy. He was good I, in Brooklyn. He was when was he in? He was in Brooklyn in 2015. Sure, man. But like, uh, you know, <laughs> Gordon Hayward was good in 2015. <laughs> I I could not disagree with you more fervently. I, I'm not saying that I like the mid-level exception for Mason Plumlee. I'm saying I do think he's a better player than people give him credit for. I, I don't I agree with you. Point. And I also am I'm on the 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 ESPN Detroit Pistons page here because I'm just looking at the roster and for some reason the like profile picture is Wayne Ellington warming up shooting a basketball and he's wearing gloves on his hands. Cool. Is that like a corona thing? I guess this is a very weird very weird concept to be wearing rubber gloves and shooting so. a basketball. Wayne Ellington, man, um, I'm really upset that he went to uh, Detroit. He's the second time he's been in Detroit now for the last uh, couple years. And he went to the Knicks. Like, this guy could be a really good contributor on a contending team, but he keeps getting thrown in the bottom of the basement. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, 
It must be because he moves. I don't get it. Well, but like, like, look at it, man. Like, he got traded to Detroit from Miami uh, a couple seasons ago, uh, and that was right after the season where he set the franchise record in threes. The guy can shoot, you know. He really he's a good can. Locker room, the guy's a lot good locker room presence. Like, I don't understand why the Lakers didn't grab him or uh, you know somebody with two million dollars to spare. I agree with you on that one. The Lakers could have got him. They could have got Langston Galloway. Um, it'll actually be interesting to see how the how the Lakers fill out the roster. I mean, they yeah. do have like a pretty good nine or ten guys right now, nine ten deep. Man, I'm excited to see Alex Caruso. I actually oh, really yeah. like that guy. I think he's really good. I hopefully he, he he's a better shooter this year. But uh, yeah, Wayne Ellington. I can't believe you think Mason Plumlee is good, man. I think he's a better player than people give him credit for. I've been very I'm particular with my words. I'm quite sure. I mean, I've seen the I've seen the guy play live multiple times. He's decent, and like even when um, even when Jokic was hurt, he put up good numbers. He just doesn't get more like like it's hard for you. It's like hard for people to come up with an opinion of a player when he plays like 13 minutes a game. Can't play 17 minutes a game and is bad. <laughs> like 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 Hassan Whiteside plays like uh, 20 uh, 25 minutes a game and he puts up numbers, but he's still bad. Um. Okay. Let's go back to this the Detroit offseason though. Because I just don't understand what they did. They have Blake Griffin. They massively overpaid garbage can, human garbage can Mason Plumley. Oh, my God. They overpaid Jeremy Grant. They drafted a big and signed Jalil Okafor. What are they? And they, they had to freaking uh, amnesty, amnesty a guy. I don't understand. Like, are they even? I don't think they're better for this year. I've heard some people say they're going to be better this year. They're watchable. <laughs> How is that lineup watchable? It's only watchable because if they look, roll out like the five-man center lineup, like the Nuggets and the look, man. They're watchable. The you bubble. ever see? A, you ever see a car crash and turn away? I've never seen like, a car crash. Oh well, yeah. You don't turn away, Jules. You watch it go down. And, and you're like, oh, no, but you don't turn away. You're glued to the screen. I think that's what people are interested in. Man, um, <laughs> they've got some – they have – it's crazy, though. They actually have Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, and Brandon Knight. Those are, like, three guys that were good and then just got really injured. Um, and they, they signed Blake Fawn Maker a, also. Yeah. I'd like to see <laughs> Blake Griffin could put a full season together. Um, how many years on his deal? I feel like he'll get traded. I think he has two left. Yeah, he has two years left. Like it's it's hard for me to imagine him not asking for a trade out of Detroit. Bob, but like you can't even. He could request the trade, but it's like John Wall requesting a trade, right? Like you request a trade, and then no one can trade for you. Yeah, I guess so. I I think um, speaking of John Wall, I'm actually pretty excited to see him come out and play. I hope he's pretty good. Yeah, me too. He's he was so fun to watch. Oh yeah, uh, that's like. Honestly, I love that Beal and Wall led like uh, um, Wizards team that like trounced the Raptors in the playoffs. Like they were, they were fun to watch. Yeah, I'm really hoping that he comes back and he's like pretty good. I know the odds are low, but it would be nice for him to be good at basketball again. I mean, it's always a good thing, you know, if you're a good basketball player in the NBA. Always better to watch players that are good than bad. Yeah. What else you got, Jules? What else you want to talk about here? Who who do you think improved the most long term other than OKC? Um, it's a hard question. I, huh? I don't know. I need need to do more research. 
actually, you know, we should talk. We should talk about Portland because Portland oh, also know, had funny. a was, really good off season. Um, I like their Derek James Jr. signing um, just because uh, he was one of the guys who came up at, uh, with the Heat, and if we look at the advanced analytics, he was actually a very, very good defender. Um, yeah, just I think that's a rotation. good deal. Yeah, he can also just hammer down slam dunks, and he's like one of the most fun players to watch. So. I think he's going to be in a better situation, honestly, in Portland than in Miami, just because he can't shoot, and Portland has two guys that can really shoot. Yeah. Well, he'll be good. Like, they really just need to use him for defense and slam dunks. That's his role, and I'm glad he got paid for it, because he's very good at doing those two things. He is. He's definitely good. I think... Yeah, I think Portland's in a really good... How high do you think Portland can finish this this season in the West? It really depends because the West's always competitive, but I could see Portland uh, finishing in the top four. Man, I don't know. I've, actually, I think they could because Nurkic was really, really good in the bubble. Yeah, and he's, uh, and he's healthier now too. Yeah. No more I Hassan agree. Whiteside flexing after them being down 20 points. It's good for morale. That is good. Hassan Whiteside on a minimum contract with the Kings. Yeah, yeah. What a fall from grace. Dude, man, I could go on for an hour about Hassan Whiteside, but I do not want to. Yeah, let's not. We already did too much time on Mason Plumlee, so. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Heat a little bit? Just because, like, that's where I can actually drop some knowledge. Yeah, let's talk about the Heat. What do you want to talk about about the Heat? Um, There's a couple of things I think that, like. Well, Bam got his extension, right? Yeah, so this is, yeah. That's obviously an interesting thing. People said that was something to watch for in their pursuit of Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, oh, if Bam waits, they're definitely going to go after Giannis and so on and so forth. Uh, Bam and Giannis have the same agent. Like, um, the agent's not going to advise Bam not to sign a max deal. You know what I mean? It either means that, like, they they have the same agent and the agent told them, like, hey, man, Giannis isn't coming, so, like, let's just get you your money. Or mm-hmm. on the other side, it means like, hey, you're, we would be way more inclined to come to Miami if you gave my other client the max contract, right? Exactly. Also, like, you don't want to run the risk of losing Bam out of bio. The guy was fantastic. Uh, he's perfect for Miami Heat. Um, and, like, he's going to continue to get better. Like, this was his first season with minutes, and he was an all-star. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's just exciting in itself. Um and with Miami and cap space, like Andy Ellisberg is Miami's GM. He's a salary cap, like, um, you know, gymnast, really. Like, and this guy got Jimmy Butler when Miami had $2 million of cap space. I'm not really worried, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, they just made it a lot harder somebody. on themselves. If, if Giannis wants to come, it will be much more challenging, but it's still possible. You just might have yeah. to give up guys. You run the risk of losing Tyler Hero now. Yeah. Which is, you Which know. It's, you don't want to do. Not really. Um, so, you know, let's wait and see. The Heat really just committed to a run it back. I do think they are a better team. Um, I like the Avery Rat. Like, uh, the one issue last year that the Heat had was that was glaring was defense and size, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Avery Bradley really helps with the defense. I think Moharkless really helps with the defense. And I like I like the precious Achua pick. I think, uh, I think he'll be good. And then also, like, there's uh, KZ uh, Akpala, who didn't really play much last year, but is, you know, has the potential to be very good, and I wonder if he'll get minutes this year. Let me ask you something. If you had to give up Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, which one would you rather give up? I would give up Duncan Robinson. I don't know, man. 
Duncan Robinson is like he's not he's not a young player. Um, yeah, he's but also, he's just he's like also a straight such up a good shooter. Yeah, but he's a straight up specialist, right? So he's amazing at shooting, but he's a liability on defense, and he re- he can't pass, and he rarely finishes at the rim. Hero will probably find his way into the starting lineup as point guard because he can dribble the ball decently well. He is a decent assist man. He can get to the rim sometimes. Actually, he had a really, really good uh, rim finishing percentage in the bubble. Um, and, like, he can also shoot. And he's, hmm. like, 20. Are we overreacting to Tyler Hero, though? No, because, like, he did this shit early in the season, too. And then he did this shit on the big stage. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just asking the, the tough questions, you know? Yeah. The one surprising signing was Myers Leonard for as much as they signed him for. Yeah, to me, um, that's probably – that's either just like a straight-up, like, we want you back because Jimmy Butler wants you back. But that's also salary for a trade, you know? They could yeah. now $9.4 million is something – it's a piece that can be used to get no, somebody sure. that's worth more money. I do think he's a decent player, too. Uh, he had limited minutes, but he, uh, but he started and, like, was very good um, at the beginning of the season. And then he never really healed from his ankle injury. So Myers Leonard or Mason Plumley? Oh, Myers Leonard. I agree with you. He's also mm. good for spacing because he can shoot. Do I agree with you? I think they're both not good. I think I think Myers Leonard gives you more options. Yeah, I think the spacing is just a better thing to have. Yeah, I was really hoping the Heat would go after someone like Serge Ibaka. I also really, I'm really gonna miss Jay Crowder. Yeah, you know what? The fact that Serge Ibaka signed for the mid-level means that the Heat could have gotten him. Yeah. It's interesting that they didn't. No, I thought it would have been the perfect fit. But nevertheless, I do like where the team is. I think they're better than last year. And, I mean, they said they surprised everybody last year. I think they'll continue to do that. I think a lot of the players will get better, you know? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that they're going to be back in the finals, to be real honest with you. And I think they're going to be competitive, but they don't need to be in the finals. They, weren't, they didn't need to be in the finals last year. They're playing with house I mean, no one 21. needs to be in the finals, right? But like they, <laughs> like they weren't even they weren't even suspect or like expected to get there. Yeah, you know although I mean? almost everybody in the East got worse. Like Toronto got worse, the Celtics got worse. I think the Sixers got better. The East is going to be really interesting because the Bucks got better. Milwaukee got worse. I don't think they got worse. You think they got worse? Drew Holiday. I think they, you know, they flubbed some shit up, man. Go on. Oh, did Dante DiVincenzo get traded in the end, or is he still no. on the team? No, okay. he's still on the team. So I don't know. Um, they definitely didn't improve, and then uh, you know, Bud is still the coach there. So Second I think they got a tiny bit better. And Drew Holiday is a lot better than freaking Eric Bledsoe. That in and of itself is a huge dub. I yeah, think. True. Man, the East will be. I mean, the West is also going to be really interesting, but the East will be interesting because I don't know who's going to win it at all. You could tell me the Sixers, you could tell me the Heat, you could tell me the Bucks, you could tell me the Celtics. You couldn't tell me the Raptors. No, the Raptors are the Raptors are not officially the Crafters again, but they're like not good. Yeah, they should maybe Pascal Siakam will take a jump. I don't really think so. I think he's kind of done with his with yeah. his progress. Like they will be good again. They're missing a couple of pieces to be good, but like they're like they're still watchable. Oh yeah, and they, and they should I mean, still be a playoff team. Yeah, I think they'll be four, five, six seed. 
yeah, yeah. Or even maybe a little bit below that, just depending on like, like, look, like Norman Powell needs to actually have a consistently good season and not get injured all the time because he is actually a big part of that team now. OG Ananobi needs to make that leap. Uh, Fred Van Vliet just secured the bag, so Carl Lowry will probably be on his way out of town soon. Well, he's on a, his last year of his deal anyways, so I imagine yeah, that's what I mean. they'll play it out or he'll get traded in like, the trade deadline. Yeah, so it's like really, you know, they're really like, they seem to be gearing up for uh, Giannis' pursuit too. Yeah. But I just don't think they have that much to offer. I mean, they have the same thing to offer that he'd do. Uh, yeah, but with uh, with double tax. Which is not, not, a, not, a, not ideal. Zero state income tax versus Canadian and American tax. Do you think, like, obviously, if you're the Heat and you can sign Giannis, you obviously sign Giannis. But sure. Jimmy Butler, Giannis, and Bam Adebayo makes, like, literally no sense on offense at all. Am I wrong? I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, would you rather have Giannis or Bradley Beal? I mean, I'd rather have Giannis because he's 25 and he's the back-to-back MVP and he'll be first by the Hall of Famer now. Right. There you go. But, like, in, if you're in the Heat uh, situation, like, would you rather have Giannis or Bradley Beal? I think I'd rather have Giannis. Yeah. If you, if you, if you get Giannis for the next however many years that he's on your team, you're a championship contender. Bradley Beal doesn't make you a championship contender. I mean, I in and of itself, he doesn't. He would on the Heat, but my point is that Giannis on his own is a championship contending team. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, it, it's it's interesting. I'm excited to see what the Heat do. Like, uh, they're big moves for 21. I'm glad they secured Bam. They should be able to be competitive this year. I mean, they showed how competitive they could be. Um, a lot of people believe it was a fluke, but, like, also, like, if you believe Miami's, like, uh, finals parents was a fluke, you just need to go watch the playoffs and watch them stomp on every single team that they went up through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know. I do know what you mean. Yeah, they were really good. They're. I kind of do feel like it was – not really a fluke, but just, like, everything came together perfectly. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a perfect storm of thing. I mean, like, their, their military-esque fucking culture, you know, really really helps in a bubble-type situation. But I felt like they were going to be competitive like that anyway. Like, they, uh, Miami was uh, written off a lot uh, for a team that spent a good chunk of the season as the second seed in the East. Yeah, and, I mean, they ended up as the top seed in the East, right? Well, not... There. You know what I mean? They made them. Yeah, they yeah. made them. In the, in they the, in won the, the East is the way to yes, say that. They yes, they're the Eastern Conference champs. So I mean, right. it's interesting, um, but like we'll see what happens with them. We will indeed. Oh, um, the last point I'll make is like if Giannis does end up with the Heat, I think Eric Spoelstra figures out how to run an offense with those guys. Like, I think it would be quite a challenge. I, I mean, those three guys as your defense, like no one's scoring on you, but yeah. the offense would be very weird. Like. If they are able to get them and keep Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, then you're doing pretty good. But if yeah. you give up those two guys, the offense gets quite, quite sticky. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting one to see what happens. I will leave you with one final question, my friend. Sure. Would you rather have Giannis or Duncan Robinson? I'd rather have Giannis, Jules. I love Duncan, but, like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Bro, 45% from three? Come on. <laughs> like, um, I think Duncan's going to have another good season. It'll be interesting to see if he reaches the heights that he did uh, this year. That was, like, pretty uh, pretty awesome season. Yeah, I think he's. I think he should. There's not really a reason why he, he shouldn't be just as good, right? Like, the shooting wasn't a fluke. He's got one of the nastiest strokes out there. So, yeah, I'm excited um, for it. 
Do you want to talk about the Warriors a little bit? Yeah, why not? Um, I feel really bad for Clay Thompson. Yeah, I actually cried. Which oh, no. that's a that's a lot. I was just I just felt so bad, man, because I'm so I was so excited to see the Splash Brothers back. Like I didn't I didn't ball. I just like <laughs> I shed a tear, you know, for like the you fallen the, homies. The one manly tear. Yeah, dude, it just sucks. I it love Clay Thompson too. Just I mean, everyone loves Clay Thompson. Yeah, a very fun player to watch. And you know what? You're right. It's a fucking bummer. It's a, it's a huge bummer. As someone who's suffered a lot of fucking injuries in my life, like I understand that frustration, but obviously it's not that degree. Uh, uh, rehabbing an ACL injury sucks. It's the worst thing. And then having like um, a comparatively worse injury as soon as, like right after that, like you got, it got to be playing friggin' tennis with your brain. Yeah, it just sucks. And and it really sucks, and that's all you can say about that. But I think the Warriors... Yeah, I think they'll be like... Six to eight seed, maybe five to nine seed. Like, I don't think they're going to get up in the top half of the West unless Steph has like an insane season and Draymond tries really hard. I'd but, like to see how Andrew Wiggins operates in that uh, system. Like, with Steph Curry. Like, um, you know, he was a number one pick. Uh, or was he number two pick? He was the number one pick. But are we still playing this game with Andrew Wiggins, the potential game? Um, yes and no. Um, Minnesota has some of the worst player development in the league. Like, uh, if he was going to, he was never going to realize his potential there. And he still, like, he had an oddly decent season this year, like, with decent percentages and everything. He's so like, younger yeah. than Duncan Robinson. Yeah, there's still potential for Andrew Wiggins. The guy's, a, the guy's an athlete, you know what I mean? Like, he can get skate by on his athleticism for at least a few more years. And if he can put something together, then, like, he can be a really good player on that team. You know, I, I think he could average, like, 25 points a game this year. I really do. Yeah, as that third option, for sure. But let me say this, and this I is the only option. time I can say this ever. This is, mm-hmm. I was at he played in the Sun Youth tournament. This is when you weren't there anymore. Oh well, yeah. He must have been he must have been sixteen, seventeen. And like everyone knew who he was. And this guy just did not have a killer instinct. Oh yeah? What you noticed uh, you noticed from the sideline? Yeah, like he was just he was just really athletic and really good, but he did not want to put it down. He didn't he seemed like he didn't care. And that is really just how he plays basketball now. Like, it seems like he doesn't care. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I saw, I saw him playing his rookie year, and he was pretty good. But but you don't need to be, like, you don't need to have the eye of the tiger as Steph Curry's on your team. You just yeah, have to no, do I your role you. and do it well. I agree with you. I think he can, he'll probably have the best year of his career just because the sheer gravity of Steph is going to give him so much more space on the floor, so much yeah. more room to work. There's a lot more eyes on you in Golden State than there were in Minnesota, too. That's either going to help or make you worse. How do you feel about Kelly Oubre? I like Kelly Oubre. I think he's very good. I'm surprised Looking? Phoenix got rid of him. Oh, he's, he's the most handsome man in the NBA. I don't know if he's kind of a niche-level handsome, though. You know what I mean? He's uh, like a pretty handsome guy. Though. He's like, no, he's really good-looking, but it's like an intense level of good-looking. You know, it's not like a... He's not like your everyday guy next door good-looking. He's more of like a, whoa, who's that dime over there type of good-looking. Okay, so we agree that he's good-looking. I also think he's a good basketball player. Yeah, who? let's just let's just rank 10 hottest guys in the league right now, dude. 
Jules, man. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> no, no. He's a good player. Go on. <laughs> no, no. He's a good player. I think he was good in Phoenix. Um, I think he'll make that team better. I agree with you. I like the deal for a first, like a 20 to 30th pick. Like that's that's what you use picks for, right? To get guys like this. He's only 24. He was good. He put up 19 and six and a half last year. And he shot 35% from three, which is like quite decent. So, man, I'm excited to watch the Warriors. And I think I think one of our next soon podcasts will be like rankings of most watchable teams. Yeah. They're, but, definitely, uh, they're, they're, they're gonna be up there, man. What is the well, you know, since we'll do most watchable teams, I guess we could like kinda mention the like least watchable teams. Yeah, we'll do Who most is... watchable teams, least watchable, and hottest dudes. <laughs> so I guess it's like <laughs> Kelly Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio's raven hair. Oh, uh, dude, I, Ricky Rubio, bro. Oof. What a that's a that's a handsome Spanish man, bro. <laughs> this is what this is what the podcast has become. Yeah, dude. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, okay, um, but we'll end. We can end it with who you believe your least watchable team is at this moment in time. Who are you not gonna watch this year? Hmm. I'm just looking at the teams right now. Cleveland Cavaliers, bro. Yeah, that mine too. I'm not watching also, the Cavaliers. The Knicks. Uh yeah, but the Knicks are sometimes fun as like a like I just want to see if they can actually be good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm intrigued to see how long Tibbs plays Michael Kidd Gilchrist for. You know, it's like it's like it's a novelty the Knicks. But actually, I'm just looking at all of the teams right now, mm-hmm. and those are the only two teams in the league I think that there's not something. Oh, maybe the Orlando Magic. No, yeah, Orlando I mean, has the watchable players. Yeah, like, I like they're, watching they're, Marco Fultz. They're decent. Yeah, exactly. Just oh, Detroit Pistons, dude. No, I think the Cavs are still like worse to watch. No, Cavs are. Yeah, probably it's fun. The worst. It's, it's fun to watch to see if D Rose can go off. Dude, I'm just gonna watch just to send you Mason Plumley lowlights. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like the only like the only reason anyone would watch the Cavs right now is because they want to see Kevin Love play. Like I need that man needs to be freed from the Cleveland prison. Man, no one no one wants to trade for him. There's just literally zero market for him. I know. He's still a good player too. It sucks for him because the league just changed on him and he's he doesn't have he's still, he still has a role as a stretch four. He could still be a, an elite stretch four. Yeah, but he's just not gonna anchor a defense and he's not good enough on defense and it just doesn't make sense. No. I still think he's like a better player than Marcus Aldo. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's a better player from, than Mark Gasol, but he's not – like, the Lakers – well, obviously, if the Lakers could have Kevin Love, they'd have Kevin Love. But when you look he's at what people man. need in the league now, Kevin Love is just not what you need anymore from a guy that size. I still think he can be a contributor. It's just uh, – I just think his contract is, like, just not tradable. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, well, I don't think there's much much longer on that, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up in a couple seasons, or maybe even around the deadline. I think there might be three years left. Oh, then maybe not. Maybe even four years left. Hold on. But he'll make this the hottest be... NBA player rankings, but maybe not a good team. Dude, speaking of Mason Plumley, talk to your sister because I'm pretty sure she's weirdly like a huge fan of his. She loves Mason Plumley. She's met him multiple times. Yeah, what's up with that man? Who loves Mason Plumley? Chrissy. 
But why? I don't know. Ask her. It's, it's a strange one, man. We're going to get her on for the next... When we when content gets really low and we decide to actually have the hottest guys in the league podcast, we'll have Chrissy on to explain. We'll actually get some women to make the, make these picks. Hey, man. Guys can also rate hotness, bro. Absolutely. But, like, um, you know, I don't think we're the experts. Well, that's why I want to have Chrissy on to explain why she likes Mason Plumlee so much. Kevin Love has four years left on his deal. Four years left. $30 million Untradeable. Every year. Yeah, untradeable. Absolutely untradeable. But, like, I, if, as soon as he finishes in his tenure in Cleveland, it should give him, like, I don't know, a piece of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. How old is he going to be when he finishes? Ooh, he'll be 36. Yeah, so he'll be towards the end of his career. So he got to get traded in the next couple of years. Yeah. That's that's unfortunate. He's going to end up just being irrelevant for the next four years, probably. Would you rather be irrelevant or rich? Like, rich. Like, real, like really rich. Here's, here's a better question. Would you rather be an NBA All-Star or an NBA All-Top 10 hot guy on the NBA Holes podcast? I don't know, man. Pretty comparable. This is a really good question. That's... It's good that no one's listening to this because I actually think we're being just how, funny. Just, how, so it's, just Howard. <laughs> is it, Howard? Howard, are you are you actually there? He might he might be he might not be. He's the only one who's uh, like stuck around to hear us rant. Oh, he's there! Oh, yes. Love you, Howard. <laughs> Shout out to Howard, man! You're the hottest guy on locker room. That's one hundred percent. You just made you made our list, bro. Fuck! I'm gonna follow you right uh, now, bro. Mason Plumlee is ugly. <laughs> wow. That is a bold... T- Let me look at him. Yeah, he, um, you know what? That's mean to call someone ugly, so I'm not going to say he's ugly, but he's definitely not a hot guy. Uh, compared I think to, we've gone uh, too far. To Miles Plumlee. Compared All right, to Miles this will be Plumlee, the last thing we do for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... It's a tough one. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is a handsome man, and he has good style. I agree with I agree with Howard. Well, this is this is really going off the rails. Yeah, well, welcome to the NBA halls. Welcome to the NBA halls, where we talk hot dudes, um, hot dudes talking <laughs> about hot dudes, and some and sometimes Anyways. basketball. Yeah, and a little bit of basketball <laughs> when we get sidetracked. Uh, funny. I think yeah. <laughs> I think we're good. If you have any any final words here for the night, my friend? I don't know. You got any like questions? That you want like one final burning question I ask tools? If you're gonna set me up with that, it's better that I actually have one. You know? <laughs> do you? I said, do you not have one? No, but let me. Think okay, of I, one. I I I got one. All right, let's do it. The player that you're most excited to watch this season? I'm pretty hyped to see Lamelo Ball, honestly. Interesting. I want to see Luca. I want to see. Uh, I want to see how much oh, he's that's improved a better season. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's so many guys. That's that's another podcast. Most washable guys. Yeah, that's true. Wow. We have. There's so much content to be made, Howard. So much. We'll be back with NBA Hills episode two. Hottest guys and most washable. <laughs> Hottest guys you would most likely want to watch in the shower after the game. Okay, Jules, you can handle that podcast on your own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think this has really gone off the rails, but it's been fun. It has been fun. Howard, thank you for sticking around, dude. 
Um, wait, that's a lot. Yes, yes, I agree. That was a lot, Jules. You can to that one for next time. Andre, man, I'm sorry that you jumped in at the end of the show. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, Jules, if you edit this thing up, we could actually put it online. Yeah, if you guys follow us on Twitter, this will be on the internet within oh, yo, um, seven business days. Well, yeah, you got time now. Um, what's the what's the handle of the NBA Holes podcast on Twitter? It's, uh, I believe it's at NBA Holes. I think it's like NBA underscore holes or something. Yeah, NBA underscore, <laughs> underscore holes on Twitter. We will post the link very soon. Yeah, and we'll give, uh, you know, shout out to Locker Room as always for being our, our hosts on this one. Shout out to because. Howard and also shout out to Brian and, and Andre as well. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll catch you next time, which will probably be next week at some point. Yes, sir. Have a good night, everybody. Later.